Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Gunsmoke. Original air date is March 3rd, 1957, and the title is Colleen So Green. City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. <laughs> You want another cup of coffee? No, I don't think so, Judge. Well, I'll just pour out another little swallow for me in with you. Mr. Dillon, come here and look out this window. What? Yeah, but for gracious sakes. Come here, come here, come here. What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness, look at that. Come here. Chester, what's the matter with you? She's coming here, Mr. Dillon. Who's coming here? I don't know, but she is the prettiest girl i ever seen in all my life. Why, she just can't be real. She is the one prettiest girl i ever... Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, good morning, ma'am. Well, won't you come in? Thank you, sir. Would one of you gentlemen be the United States Marshal here? Uh, yes, ma'am, I am. Matt Dillon, uh, is there anything I can do for you? Well, my name is Colleen Tawney, Marshal Dillon. And I've got the most terrible, awful trouble you ever heard of. Oh? Well, uh, would you like to sit down and tell me about it? Well, that's mighty kind of you, Marshal. Here, uh, uh, take this chair, Miss Colleen. Let me dust it off a little bad for you. But... I'm right obliged to you, Mr. Chester Proud. Chester Wesley Proud. How do you do, ma'am? I'm proud to make your acquaintance, Mr. Chester. There you are. Thank you. Ma, I just love people. They're always so nice to you. Except that... Oh. You uh, mentioned some kind of trouble? I'm an orphan, Marshal Dillon. All alone in this world. Oh? I was brought up by a dear old aunt, mostly in the South. But then she took me to San Francisco. And last month she... She passed away. Oh, that's too bad, Miss Tawny. Colleen. Just about everybody calls me Colleen. It's kind of Irish, I reckon. Though I'm more Southern than most anything else. You are? Uh-huh. I came from San Francisco on the stagecoach. And I had just enough money to get me to my kinfolks down south. If I got any kinfolks anymore, and... I could just kill whoever done it, Marshal Dillon. Whoever did what, ma'am? What took all my money. 
I put my pocketbook on that baggage truck just for a minute. Over at the depot it was. People are always so nice to you. you. You just don't think. Somebody robbed you, is that it? Every living cent I had in this world. Well, I'm a pauper, Marshal Dillon. I'm destitute. Oh, well, uh, can I fetch you a dipper of water or something, Miss Colleen? I'm all alone without nobody to turn to, nor even a roof over my head or anything to eat or, or, or anything. Oh, well, now, it's not as bad as all that, ma'am. It's not? Really? Well, I think we can fix you up with a room over at the Dodge House for a few days. You could. Well, by that time, something may turn up. Maybe we can get your money back. Really? Uh, w- would you like a dipper of water, Miss Colleen? I knew the minute I walked in that door, you'd help me. Uh, Miss Colleen, would you like no, a dipper of water? No, Mr. Chester. I just knew if I told you my troubles, Marshal Dillon, you, you'd just make everything all right again. Oh, you don't have to worry about a thing. I'll arrange with Mr. Doby over at the Dodge House. Very good morning, all. <laughs> oh, yes, it was a mighty fine morning. Oh, well, I didn't know you had company, Matt. Uh, this is Dr. Adams, Miss Colleen Tawney. Well, I'm pleased to meet you, Miss. Are you a real doctor, a physician? Oh, yes, indeed, young lady. My goodness. Welcome to Dodge City. And if you want me for anything, my office is just upstairs. Uh, Dodge, yeah. <laughs> you know, medical examination, diagnosis, treatment, services, medicine, drugs, anything you need. And I won't charge you a cent. Person has to look after his health, you know. Uh, Chester, uh, uh, will you take Miss Tawney over to the Dodge house? Uh, if I, I'd be glad to, Mr. John. Uh, this way, ma'am. Oh, you're all just so nice. I think people are just wonderful. I'll be in touch with you, ma'am. I sure do hope so. Bye. Goodbye. Well, Doc, there goes trouble. Trouble? A girl who looks like that? Why, Matt, she's like a like a dream in spring. She's as wide-eyed and helpless as a newborn baby. Yeah, Doc, that's exactly what I mean. States military personnel arrive at an overseas station, one of the first problems they encounter in human relations is the language barrier. The people there make a strong effort to learn our language. They know it will benefit their economy. But you don't have to learn their language. In fact, you might complete your tour of duty satisfactorily without any appreciable knowledge of it. But you'll miss a lot. And you don't have to miss anything. For as a member of the Armed Forces of the United States, you have the opportunity to enroll in a Yusafi spoken language course. The language series includes courses in 24 foreign tongues. They are practical, conversational studies with primary emphasis on spoken usage. Inquire about a language course from your education officer. Join a group class. And when you've mastered the vocabulary, watch the faces light up as you greet people in their native tongue. It's one more version of Power Through Knowledge with Yusafi.
Smith. Good afternoon, Matthew. How are you, Miles? Something I can do for you is there. Oh, no, I was just passing by and I saw Chester back there. Looks like he's stocking up for a trip or something. <laughs> I haven't seen any of his money yet. Well, you're not likely to. Chester isn't exactly the biggest spender in the world. Oh, I've often suspected that, Matthew. Um, hello, Chester. Uh, well, hello there, Mr. Dillon. <laughs> what in the world are you doing here? No, I just came in to, uh... Satisfy my curiosity? Curiosity? Mm hmm. About what? You. You going on a buffalo hunt or something? No, sir. I was just thinking of buying a few groceries. If I can find anything here that's fit to eat. Fit to eat? Oh, well, now, Mr. McTagg, I didn't mean nothing by that. I beg to tell you that you're in the establishment of Miles McTagg. A name that stands for principle, integrity, yeah, moral responsibility. You're getting started, and I didn't mean for you to get started. I'm a man who believes in honest toil for an honest profit, and no shilly-shallying around. A man who gives honest value on every item in the store. And whoever started that rumor about weevils in my flour barrel is an outright liar. Sure, Mr. McTagg, <laughs> sure. Anybody can get weevils in hot weather. Well, of course they can. Yeah, well, now, are you really planning to buy anything, Chester? Well, sure I am. What? Well, whatever somebody could use if they're not set up to cook, if they're just mm -hmm. living in one room. Well, a few pounds of beans and some cracklings ought to do it. Well, sure, for a mule skinner, I need something better than that. Uh, what's the matter with all this stuff you already got picked out, Chester? Well, now, sir, that's kind of what I had in mind. Uh -huh. Beans and cracklings ain't fit for a lady. A lady? Ah, so that's it. Now I know what you're up to. Well, now, Mr. Oh, Colleen Tony, is it? Well, I haven't seen that gal yet, but she certainly must be something. She's got everybody turning handsprings, eh? Yeah, she sure has, Mom. <laughs> well, now, she's just a kid. Somebody's got to look after her, that's all. Somebody's already looking after her. I sent over a load of food a couple of hours ago. You did? Aye. Bull Riga bought it. Bull Riga? Uh, he's old enough to be her father. <laughs> he didn't act very fatherly. All dressed up as if he was going to a preaching. Well, now I hear it. He's quite the devil with the women, Chester. You're going to have to get up and hump some if you're going to run rivals with him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Never mind, Chester. Look, uh, before you pay for this stuff, uh, I think I'll go over and have a little talk with Miss Tawny. Sure, you must be mistaken, Marshal Dillon. Why, he seems to be about the nicest man a girl would ever want to meet. Look, Miss Tawney, uh, you're young, and I've known Bull Rigger for a long time. He's a rough, tough, hard-living old devil, and he's just no kind of a man a young girl ought to associate with, that's all. Well, my dear aunt always said, raised her soul, that innocence is its own defense. Yeah, but your aunt never met Bull Rieger. Now, Marshal Dillon, Mr. Rieger is just being kind and helpful, just like you are. Yeah, sure. Well, everybody's been so nice and thoughtful. Mr. Chester's already been by three times today. Doc was here, that too. That old goat here, too. He took my temperature and my pulse and said I was just fine, as far as he could tell. Yeah, well, And Mr. Look, Rieger uh... just insisted on helping me. He said he had a little old empty house up the street. Uh, oh, yeah, that would be the old Sackler place. Well, he said I could just live in it for nothing as long as I pleased. 
And, of course, I told him I wouldn't think of such a thing. Well, good. And I'm... then he said he'd give me the house. Give it to you? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I've done. Don't you know how to knock, Rieger? Not when the door's open, Marshal. Well, I, uh... Went and done it, little lady. Got to draw it up all proper and legal over at the bank. There's the deed. Ah, Mr. Rieger. The house is yours. Lock, stock, and barrel. No strings on it. You can move in right now if you're a mind to. Isn't it wonderful, Marshal Dillon? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, I'm just going to sit right down and read this little old paper right through. Uh, Rieger, uh, would you come out into the hall for a minute? I'd like to talk to you. I know what you're going to say, Morgan. That girl's just a kid, Rieger. I'm aiming to marry that little lady, if she'll have me. You're what? Oh, I know, Marshal. I've been kind of cussed all my life, but you're seeing a changed man standing here. I'd better be, Rieger. Or I'll change you myself, and don't you forget it. Another visit with Joe and Daphne Forsythe. Joe, honey. Uh-huh. Joe, darling, put down the paper. I've got something important to ask you. Okay. Joe. All right, all right. What? How many savings bonds do we have? What kind of a question is that? A good one. How many? I'm not sure. I'd have to count. And I'm reading the paper. Now, what do you want to know for? Have we got enough to make things comfortable for us? Very comfortable. That's why I buy on a payroll savings plan. A bond a month will give us quite a nest egg for the future. Enough for a college education? Eventually. But who's going to college? Our children, silly. We don't have any yet. Oh? What do you mean, oh? Better buy some more bonds, honey. Daphne, you mean... We've got a new investment. How about that? That's something you just learned recently, Kitty. No, but I sure have been reminded of it the last three days, watching them all flutter around that little Colleen Tawny. Now, don't count me in on that, Kitty. I'm only helping her. She's just a kid. Well, she's done pretty well for just a kid. Flat broke three days ago. Now she's got a house of her own, enough food to last her a month. Okay. Chester runs over there three and four times a day with something else for her to eat. Doc stops by morning and night to check on her they health. I feel sorry for her, Kitty. She's an orphan. She probably drowned her parents. Now, Kitty. Matt, I know these helpless little southern bells, especially the big green-eyed kind. Sam will never hire one here in the Long Branch, and I go right along with him. But why? Because all she has to do is bat those long eyelashes, and men will start killing one another over her. Kitty, I've already told you no matter what I think, it's my job to protect her. Protect her. <laughs> Look, Matt, 
do you think they put bars on a tiger's cage to protect the tiger? Oh, kidding. All right, man. Oh, shut up. But I just hope you're all still on your feet when the smoke finally clears. Well, it's getting late, Matt. Yeah, that's right, Doc. Mm-hmm. Guess late. I better be running along. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't uh, do you any good, though, Doc. Bull Rieger's calling on her. He's been over there all evening. He has? Uh-huh. Chester's hanging around outside in case she needs help, as he puts it. I kind of find that she's more likely will, too, with that ruffian in the house. Uh, she ought to have a cultured man, I guess. Nice and refined. Uh, you uh, happen to know anybody like that, Doc? Well, um, yes, yes, I do. I, I've been kind of thinking some the last few oh, days. Forget it. You're old enough to be her grandfather. In Europe, they don't look at it like that. They're civilized. Yeah, but this happens to be Dodge City, Doc. Oh. oh well, at least a man can dream. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm just talking, man. I, I just like sitting and looking at him. You and Chester both. That bull Riga, though. I do believe he's real serious. Well, he sure acts like it. All right, Marshal, where is she? What are you done with her? What's the trouble, Riga? She's gone. That's the trouble. Yeah. Bag and baggage, and you had something to do. Oh, now, wait a minute. She is gone, Mr. Dillon, and she's took all her belongings. I went in the house and looked. Oh? She must have snuck out the back way. I was right out there in front the whole time. Were you out in front, too? Well, we, we were sitting and talking, and I was teaching her draw poker, and I, well, I reckon I must have dozed off for a minute. <laughs> Drunk, more than likely. Never you mind, Doc. I got the stomach for a fair amount of liquor, but... She just kept filling up my glass. So you taught her draw poker, huh? How much did you lose, Rieger? About $100, as far as I could tell, but how'd you know I lost? That's pretty easy. You mean, you reckon she was cheating, Marshal? Ah, huh? you were there. But I wasn't paying no attention. I figured it was just a joke, sort of. I, I kept plaguing her to marry me, and she was... She was wearing a real pretty lacy thing. And you paid uh, too much for it, Riga. Oh, come on in, Miles. It's open house. Uh, I could have sold you one of them house robes for half the price. And never mind that now. You've got to do something, Marshal. You've got to find her. She left town on the 10 o'clock train. Are you sure of that, Miles? <laughs> I walked up to the station. Fine young woman. I'm real glad I didn't meet her any sooner. I might have cut up as crazy as Riga here. Marshal, Marshal, you got to send a wire. Have her took off the train. Are you willing to go into court, Riga, and tell what happened? Yes, I sure am, Marshal. I'd go in... No, no, I'd... I'd be laughing the stock of the country. All right, all right. At least she couldn't take the house with her. No, and a mighty lucky thing for me, she couldn't. What do you mean? She sold it to me. Signed over the deed and everything. Six hundred dollars cash? What? Well, it's worth a thousand dollars. Aye, that's about what I figured it at. Marshal, will you... sorry, go- Rieger, but you gave it to her. No strings. Now, if she wanted to sell it to Miles, she had a legal right to. If, if I get my hands on that girl, so help me, I'll... Why, I'll... You won't uh, do anything, Rieger. Nobody will. We've all been outsmarted. There's nothing we can do about it but just sit still and keep our mouth shut. Yeah, but I'd... Doc's right. You forget it, Rigger. You can afford it. (laughs) 
Well, at least we've learned one thing from all this. What's that? It's like a friend of mine said to me last night. They don't put bars on a tiger's cage to protect the tiger. and directed by Norman MacDonald. Stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Featured in the cast were Parley Bear as Chester, Howard McNear as Doc, and Georgia Ellis as Kitty. George Walsh speaking. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story on Gunsmoke. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. This has been a presentation of otrwesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by going to otrwesterns.com slash YouTube. And send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail, 707-986-8739. This episode is copyright under the attribution non-commercial share like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day and thanks for listening.